0: Golight presents Murder Most Irish
1: Pulling me over from my car. Sarah got pulled over the guards. So, do you know I was driving my car, and I rang you right because I, did I, I? leave you rang me, like enough? directly afterwards. I thought I rang you, Jern. So, I was driving through Ballyferma, and I don't know what was going on, but there was just guards everywhere, everywhere. But the like lads with the guns, the armed oh, units, shit. the armed units. So then there was a big funeral on. So I rang Graham, and I was like, "Someone like there must be someone some in Yeah. Then I rang my sister because she's involved in this shit. So I was like, Do you know this is? Do you be? know what's going on down in Massey's and Ballyfermot?" And she was like, No. And I was like, oh, Okay, well, then if she doesn't know, maybe it's uh, someone from the travelling community. Oh, okay. Um, And then I drove past and they had like one of those big fucking van, not vans, but those trucks that they're like high ace trucks, but they're like the big fancy ones. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking and about. And then yeah. they had a picture of a man on the side who clearly died. Oh, okay. And I was like, Oh, no, they're travellers. If you so, ever do that
0: to me, I'll come back. Put a big picture in? Yeah. I'll come back and I'll haunt you. I mean, you have no... I'm going to put a pic- so many pictures in you open going to be, you know... You know um, pictures of you asleep. You know the anonymous... Uh, when people have anonymous profiles and it's yeah. just a black head. <laughs> she will be missed.
1: Um, <laughs> so I was like, oh, it must be a feuding family within the Travellers.
0: Oh, okay. So some shit's going down. Yeah, so
1: I rang my sister and she was like... I was talking to her. And as I was talking to her, a garter car behind me put on its squad lights. Did it go... Beep. And I was like, whoa. And I was like, oh. And I was like, Michaela, I'm being pulled over. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm being pulled over. I was like, gotta hang up, gotta hang up. And she was like, don't hang up. Don't hang up. And I was like, I hung up, pulled over. And the guard rolled down my window. The guard pulled up beside me, got out of the car. And he was like, do you live in Cedarbrook? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, we just want to, like, we think your car or a car very like yours was used in criminal activity. Um, can you tell me like essentially he was like, Do you like you live in Cedar Brook?" And I was like, Yeah, and he was like, It just happened last week, and I was like, Alright, and he was like, Is it only you that drives the car? And I was like, Well, no, my husband drives my car. Yeah. And then he was like, And is your husband involved in criminal activity? And he was kinda like laughing at me when he said it. And I was like, No, no. my husband works for the government. Like, no. And he was like, Alright, we just want to thrill you. Have a good day. I was like, I also love how asking you two basic questions is rude. I was like, edge. hell, I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, this, a car like this. He was like, the car, the drug dealers around here love those cars. Stop. And I was like. Stop. I was like, all right, Grant. What the fuck? It's like, like hell, I just, I fuck could have you. told you whatever I want. Fucking guards. And then I was like, because my car is not registered to my address. Oh, is not it? No, because it's got an English reg. Oh, okay. So he's just been, he's just been watching me. He's just been watching me Like Because he My mum was like He must have rang in When he was pulling over And I was like Mam, My car is still registered To the Northern Irish And weren't Orange you address. in Belfast so anyway? in Belfast all that week What with, the fuck, With my surging? car My car was parked In a car park in Belfast
0: What the fuck? Well I'm glad you weren't arrested And I was like
1: uh, I uh, rang Graham Right? And Graham yeah. was like Oh like uh, Did you do something? Did you, like <laughs> Did you do something? And I was like Yeah I'm ringing you now To tell you I'm going to Mexico Like what? No, I didn't do anything. I'm on the lamb now, Graham. Yeah, when you rang me, I was like, what? I rang everybody. I rang Gray. I rang Tiernan and Tiernan was like, sell the car. Sell, sell it. it. Sell, sell it, it immediately. Um,
0: also, your car. Is that true that he said mm-hmm. about your car?
1: Yeah, because it's like an Audi A4 Estate.
0: It's like an S line. It's like a sports model. So people would. It goes really fast. Uh, everybody, welcome to episode 93. Sarah is a drug dealer.
1: My name is Sarah Jane and I'm dealing drugs. Do you like drugs? Do you like uh, what what kind here, of drugs? If you did deal drugs What drugs would you deal What would be your drug of choice That you would deal oh,
0: Probably just weed Oh
1: really Yeah
0: I couldn't do any of that i do psychedelics
1: now. Would you? I think I'd make a cool psychedelic. Do you think if you were a
0: drug dealer And someone came to you To your house And, 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 and this is what I always makes me sad Because I wonder do Drug dealers are human beings So obviously they have a moral compass And they have ethics But do you think if you, Someone came to your house And they had like kids with you And they were buying drugs Or just selling drugs well, I think... If you were a drug dealer, you would, wouldn't uh, you? you? would,
1: yeah. I don't know. I'm sure there's drug dealers that have, like, a moral compass where they're like, no. That's and they only deal in, like, a certain... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's that really sad case of that little boy in England. What one? Not a little boy in England who was murdered by his mother... And his his mum used to send him over to the drug dealer to pick up drugs, and the drug Stop. dealer gave evidence in court where he was like, "I did, I did give it to him, but I only gave it to him because I knew if I didn't, he was gonna get like they were gonna beat him up. They like would beat him up if he sent the kid back to her house with no. That's awful. Yeah, and he died a horrible death.
0: Uh welcome to the podcast
1: sorry I really bought the town there
0: no it's fine because these things need to be talked about this, uh, is, this is real life
1: like. but I do think that like there's certain drug dealers that like they don't and they like have a very specific code of ethics that like somehow makes them feel better about the fact that they're bringing in drugs that have been like trafficked like because drugs are trafficked to people that's how it happens <laughs> like people who grow drugs are held and trafficked like they're by not, they're drug not cu- cartels. They're not
0: cutting cocaine in Disneyland. They're getting it from a fucking drug cartel. Yeah,
1: you're getting it from a drug cartel that's holding a family to ransom in Colombia. Like um for their farmland yeah. that they were probably growing something completely legitimate and legal on, but then we're like, like look literally at the like cartels like literally like essentially bully people and intimidate people and like Murder people on the basis that they won't use their land for what they want to yeah. use it to, and they use they they uh, bully reputable business out in the area. Yeah. So, like, being like, I only do weed, all right, cool, it's still coming from the same coming source, from somewhere, honey, like, unless it's legalized by the government, like in America and other places like that. And then there's a whole other piece of like consumer reports that state that similar situations are happening, just like the one I said, within like mainstream, probably. uh
0: legal entities that so are weed um, so
1: there is a whole everything thing everything is of corrupt like
0: there's not anything in this planet that is not a corrupt um, and I, I was reading yesterday that the Pope has gone to Canada to apologise for the Catholic Church Catholic and their abuse Church of and what like they did in the uh, indigenous, indigenous people. people Um, you know obviously I, I'm very cynical towards the Catholic Church but I also feel like if the indigenous people of Canada feel like they need this apology let them have the apology uh, and white people stop talking over it Because I've seen tons of people white people, white white people being like What's the point of this What's the point I'm like because indigenous people want an apology For the years and years and years of abuse That their people forced, or, were sorry exposed to And those horrific schools That their children were abused and also, murdered like,
1: Also here's my thing about that Like what the fuck is it to you If it makes someone else feel better
0: like, what fucking they were like,
1: it's skin just, off your nose yeah, is it? Like, like, just keep it's your just, fucking uh, mouth shut. It makes someone feel better. It makes them feel like they've been heard. It yeah. makes them feel like they've been validated. It makes Let them, them feel like someone is, is taking accountability yeah. for what happened. And not, by no means is it any form of, like, great accountability. But the leader of, like, that fucking religious Church movement is, saying, is being like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. And this happened. And I'm, I'm going to say, like, for... Irish Republicans in the north. It was really important when fucking David Cameron got up in the House of Commons and was like, "Bloody Sunday shouldn't have happened." And you guys they are that in fucking didn't do anything in like, pubs yeah. live, and people like, was, um, and, and there was no Protestants being like, "Well, like, what, what does it what's matter? What's the point?" What's it's just like, no so, like
0: tons of white. Liberals on shut up. Twitter being like, oh well, like what's the point of this? It's only, you know, uh, lip service, it doesn't mean anything. And I'm like, well, it doesn't mean anything to you, but it means something to the um, indigenous people who have requested this, so shut the fuck up. And just probably indigenous people It doesn't mean anything to you, but exactly. it means something to, it, somebody, to somebody and they've somebody, asked for it.
1: Shut up! Yeah. Let people have their own. I also want to say sorry about my thing about the drugs. I feel <laughs> like I'm <was> super judgy. <laughs> I have strong feelings about drugs Because I grew up in a house That was like full of them
0: That's the thing And it's very easy for people On the woke side of things Which we are as well To be like Oh, drugs are great, whatever. Um, but when you grow up in a in a in a household or in an area that is absolutely Ravaged. gutted by drugs, drug abuse, and drug dealers, it's very hard to be like they're great. So maybe just keep your opinions to yourself about it when you're speaking to somebody that has genuinely been in this situation and been yeah, affected but deeply. Also, by it.
1: like, don't tell me you're super healthy and, and oh, all the, the rest healthy,
0: the gym bros, man. When you're like, it,
1: and it, you're, like, I, and I've said it before, and I'm saying again, and I've said it on this podcast before. Fucking! if you're one of these fucking crusaders who's like I give money to goal and I give money to concern and I really care but at the weekend I'm doing like habi- I'm, a, I'm a habitual drug user yeah. all of that money you've given is now like null and void no, right. because you are paying direct money into people being fucking trafficked yep. like and held in terrible situations and you're also giving direct money to people who are keeping entire areas of the country you live in in absolute Disrepair yeah. Like uh, Ballypharma is Ravaged by drug use Yeah and it's like oh. I, So many of my friends That I grew up with Their parents are like Still Like Heroin addicts And like It is ravaged By the drugs Of like the 1990s Yeah so, Isn't it
0: crazy that Heroin has become um, A recreational drug yeah? now? Super recreational Bro. Recreational drug use mm-hmm. Is considered he- Heroin is that, That's what that's considered Yeah Heroin Which literally will ruin your entire life. Ruin your life. Destroy you as a person. Mm. Leave you destitute. Dead. Or not dead, but pretty much dead. Yep. Um, drugs are scary man Drugs are real scary man Also it, it always makes me laugh When I see all these um, I'd really like to take some drugs To know what's like well. But I'm also really afraid Yeah I'm terrified of it But what makes you laugh uh, These health and fitness gurus And all these like gym bros And uh, influencers We're doing are 700 like, grams of protein You gotta fucking lift 12 cars Or whatever they're at And then at the weekend They're just Yeah Just in the time Because we care about your health Oh yeah. my god fat people We just want you to be healthy Do you want me to be healthy Margaret Do you or you just have a really bad, disordered eating problem and addiction to the gym and you're doing drugs every weekend to stay skinny. So best of luck with everything.
1: I was really triggered today because my mom told me I looked like I'd lost weight.
0: Why were you triggered by that? Because
1: I haven't lost, I don't, I've lost weight, but it's not for any other reason other than like, I'm just not eating and I haven't been feeling well and there's something wrong with my bell. And she was like, you just like, you look like you've lost weight. And she said, and I was like, mm, yeah, I have. And she was like, "Yeah, like you're like well done." And I was oh, like, "Oh, leave me alone." And I was like, "I'm not trying to lose weight." And I was like, "I don't. I think it's like I don't think it's healthy." And she was like, "I was like I just came from the doctor I have to have a colonoscopy. I was like, "I have done nothing to my diet to lose weight." Going to I know, I know. I had to go pick up my kid. I couldn't not go to pick up my kid.
0: Just
1: bring her to the gate. <laughs> open the gate. Take the kid and get in the car. And
0: I was like, "Uh," oh. and she was like, "You're doing so well." Oh, f- I don't, I can't You're doing so well I can't Yeah, I've been reading Like I've been watching and reading And looking at a lot of stuff about Not um, Thinness in any capacity But like just uh, The nonsense surrounding thinness recently And I'm just like My god I cannot begin to explain to women especially When you stop caring what men think How free you will be about your body It is Miraculous. Like when you stop, when your entire thought process isn't, I have to be skinny to get a boyfriend. I have to be skinny so men will want to fuck me. I have to be skinny so when I go out and on nights out and my girl, some random dude will talk to me and I'll feel validated about myself. Yes. That is something that we have been taught. It's very difficult to unlearn it. But I swear to God, I have a lot of body issues that don't stem from men. They stem from myself and a lot of stuff that I had growing up. But I when I tell you I could not give two continental fucks what men think about me, and it is the most fucking freeing thing in the entire world. If you can learn to do that, I swear your life will be exponentially better. Um, yeah, I'm always very jealous of your ability
1: will. to like. Cause I, I found myself just really recently, because I know men. me and
0: you spoke about it. Yeah.
1: So I found myself really recently being like, like, upset about how I look and upset about my body, and it's very unlike me. It is very. And I had you. to be like, where is this coming from? Yeah. And where it was coming from is that I was like listening to like younger men talking about what they find attractive constantly and i was like i don't and and i was like i don't fit into that bracket and none of us and then i was like so annoyed at myself because i was like of course why of course i I get it but of course
0: here's the thing from the day you are born you have been told by everybody in your life your mother your father your friends your family everybody around you your main goal in life is to get a man and get married. Mm. That is your main goal in life. Most women, like, it always makes me laugh. And I don't mean this disrespectfully, but when women are like, I get a a BBL for myself. No, you don't. Honey, you're not getting a BBL for yourself. Do you see your arse every day of the week? No, you are getting a BBL because you think that's what men find attractive. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'm not judging you because that is the way of the world. This is, our bodies are trends, our size is a trend, how we look is is based on what people can sell. There is nothing. It's just it's. I don't know, and it's such a hard thing because not caring what men think is impossible. Because especially for straight women, cis women,
1: you've been told. Do you want to hear something that'll like make your eye twitch and make you really yeah like, go angry? On. I love it. Um, someone I won't name who, but not recently, but recently enough, but I didn't say it to anybody because I was like, I don't know what to do with this information except pretend I didn't hear about it. Go on. They were like. Telling me that they found me attractive. Okay. And I was like, thanks. And then they were like, the next sentence is deeply, deeply worse. No, I've had that sentence. So I've had that sentence before where someone was like, even for a big girl, there's something about you. That wasn't what was said. It's worse. They said, sometimes I think about you and I watch BBW porn. And I was like, what's BBW porn? Like, I don't know what that is. And then I was like... (laughs) don't think about me when you're watching porn please and don't ever tell me that you do that's not complimentary at all and then I googled what BBW porn yeah, was and I was, like, I was like why are you like fetishizing me because that's what you're doing because,
0: uh, because Sarah because a woman over the size the size of a four- like 14 size 14 16 uh, you are not a person you're, you're sexualised yeah yeah your body is completely sexualized. it's fetishized. they can't see you as a person they see you as something to fuck Mm -hmm. That's unfortunately what happens Um, I want to kill that person Tell me what is later (laughs) Um, But yeah Just I think that If anybody can work towards anything And I know it's easy That's not easy for me today Because I am a cis straight woman like, it's not easy for me to say, and I had to unlearn that behavior, and I had to be like... Yeah, Lately, well, I've gotten... I I like to.
1: In the past couple of weeks after you, me and you went down for Pride, and you said that thing to me... I was like, listen to you. And you. were like, hey, you, have this pizza. Don't be listening to all those men. And I was like, woo! And then I was like, let's get pizza. And you were like, let's get a slice. And I was like, let's get 22 yeah, slices. Yeah, we got 22 slices. Um, but... Um, yeah, there are definitely just recently. I've been like, like today, actually, when I was driving the car, I was singing that song by Doja Cat Woman. Woman. And I was like, man, man,
0: I really care about what men think about me. It's really hard to unlearn. It's fucking so hard to unlearn. Like, I remember when I was younger, I would walk past a group of men, and my main thought process would be, Oh, do they think I look fat and ugly? Oh, do they like that? would be my thought process. Now I walk past a group of men, and it's literally like you know when you turn off a t- TV, it goes yeah. yee, that's all it is. It's nothing. I don't think about them when I'm when I used to introduce myself to men or when a man would be introduced to me. I would be obsessed with what they were thinking about me. I'd be like, oh, do they think I'm like fat and ugly? What do they think about me? That would mean you like honestly. That's how my brain process would be. And now I'm just like, yeah, let's too Yeah, I. I say this with every fibre of my being I do not give a fuck what men think about me and like if you can get to that point in your life I swear it is fucking freeing man because a lot of what women do and a lot of what we, we do to ourselves a lot of the things that we put on ourselves a lot of the shit that we do to our bodies and our faces unfortunately as much as you want to consider, convince yourself this is girl bossing gatekeeping and gaslighting um, it's not it's you've been conditioned to believe that this is what men want Yeah, and you know it, there has this brand of feminism has popped up now where it's very much like if you criticise the beauty industry if you criticise the cosmetic industry if you say maybe 16 year olds shouldn't be getting Botox maybe we women all don't need to look the same and they don't need all this crap on their face maybe there shouldn't be plastic surgeons on tiktok telling 16 and 17 year olds what's wrong with them you're called Mm anti-feminist but what that is is that these industries are owned by men and when the feminism feminism kicked in in the 70s the early 70s um makeup companies went oh fuck how do we spin this to make makeup empowering, as opposed to what it is in the fifties, which was dress up for your man? Yeah, put lipstick on. for comes is what home from work? All those ads were. They went. How do we change this? This lipstick, girl boss, shade nineteen, and that is what has happened. And unfortunately, you can wear makeup, you can do whatever you want, but you need to be aware that a lot of what we do to ourselves and for ourselves is under the male gaze. That's all I'm saying. I like it. That's all I'm saying. Can we call this episode Under the Male Gaze? Under the Male Gaze. Under the Male Gaze. Under the Male Gaze. I was telling you I was reading Sounds like a uh, song. A tw- Under, Under the, the male, male Gaze. gaze. Under, Under the, the male, male Gaze. gaze. <laughs> Shh, don't. We have to count. She'll steal it. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> <Power> painting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently she wrote uh, somebody was saying she released a song that was like really graphically sexual. I it's haven't heard really it. It's not really recent. I have no idea. I didn't listen to it. I don't know Trixie Mattel I... is making jokes about it. Oh, all right. Um, I was telling you I was reading my Columbine book. Yes. Lots of stuff that I wasn't aware of about Columbine. Tell me. So have you heard that story about Columbine about that girl, Amy? So she was the girl that Dylan Klebold, I believe it was Dylan Klebold, uh, said, do you believe in God? I believe in God. And it was a very famous story about Columbine because he said, do you believe in God? And she said, yes. And he shot her in the head. So she became a martyr for Columbine. And did that not happen? And so Pete, they wanted to canonise her, Sarah. They wanted to make her a saint because she said yes. Because she said God. yes, I believe in God and was killed anyway. Because she was like, I'm going to state that I believe in God. So they started entire like organisations based around this girl, like religious organisations based around her. People would give walking tours about Amy around Columbine. They would like bring kids into like they tried to, like tons of people joined the church afterwards. She was like half home because Mary. yeah, pretty much because like they were like Amy said yes, she believes in God. So anyway. What happened was there was a few people saying this wasn't true. That were like, this is not true. This didn't actually happen. And then the people that did believe it were like, it did happen. Amy's a saint. Blah, 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 blah. So this happened in 90, was 97, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was like the advent of cell phones. So they just started. So what happened is the kids in the school were trying to call 911. But because they were jamming the phone lines, they couldn't get through. So some of them started calling news stations. So one kid called a news station and left the phone on the ground. So the phone picked up everything Everything? because the news stations record all the calls. So the phone picked up everything that was going on and it picked up, apparently, the Amy situation, which did not happen. That never happened. What had happened was there was a girl who had been shot like seven times and she was like laying on the ground and he stood over her, and he was like, do you believe in God? And she was like, well, yeah, because my family believe in God. He didn't shoot her. He didn't kill her. He just walked away from her. So none of that happened. It was just... Some she'd girl. already been shot. She'd already been shot, but she lived. But they created, they fabricated this entire story around a girl who had martyred herself for Jesus out of a fucking school shooting and it was all lies. Um... And I was listening to That podcast I was telling you about You're Wrong About Yes Matthew Hobbs a Fantastic podcast And he's obsessed with Columbine And he was saying He was interviewing this girl And the girl was telling him That she was obsessed with Columbine And she went to the school A few years after it happened Why would you do that? Like people do it They go to like vigils At the school and stuff and so there was all like a vigil going on with all these candles and she was standing there and she said this woman came up to her and was like why are you here and she was like oh I just wanted to pay my respects I was young when this happened it had like a massive impact on me when I was a kid and she went to her oh is it the story about Amy and, she, and the girl was like that never happened that's debunked it's not true and the woman was like what and she was like that story's not true it never happened there was no Amy there was no conversation like that and she said the woman was just like looking at her like and she had like little pamphlets in her hand and she, said she just walked away." Because she was one, part of one of those religious organisations. And that she was like, had not, apparently had not heard it was debunked. But was like, oh, and she just like walked away from it. And she was like, I think I might have ruined that woman's life. But yeah, there's tons of stuff like the fact that they said that they were bullied.
1: So they they're were,
0: like capitalising. Oh, like, they created this whole uh, idea around what happened. And 90% of it was so they not They said they were true. bullied. They said they were bullied. So Columbine apparently had a massive bullying problem. So do all schools Everybody's bullying everywhere. It was a huge school So they were saying Dylan Clebold And What was the guy's name I don't know Whatever his name is Piece of shit They said that they were Being bullied Extensively By And kept getting these quotes From like jocks Called Todd and Brad And they were like They were F words And we bullied them But the thing was Most of the statements They got were bullshit and not true. Sure they are completely Exaggerated and the two guys that did it bullied other people as well. So she was like, it was like a bullying circle. Nobody was being like overly bullied than anybody else. They were all just doing it to each other. Do you think sometimes Americans think bullying is how we call slagging? Uh, maybe. Cause well, don't you I'm- slag your friends that you don't slag strangers. Do you know what I mean? yeah like how we speak to each other is just taking the absolute fucking shite out of each other constantly pulling the shite out of each other like that and that's how we bond so maybe there is a difference but Colin was telling me he played his gig the other night the Lincoln Park gig yeah and Craig met a guy that he knew and he was chatting to him and, and Craig just went the guy just went to Craig oh you know Co- Coach Foy and Craig was like oh that's Colin's brother And the guy was like, I went to school with your brother, to Mel's with your brother in Longford. And he was like, I was a rocker and a metler. And he was like, all these lads used to pick on me. And he was like, Pete stood in every single time, even though he was kind of like the jock dude. And was like, leave him alone. He's a savage musician. He's a great guy. He was like, he, every single lad in the school that was in any way like put down or, you know, treated badly, Pete stood in. Every single time And stopped all of it I was like No they're lovely They're sad." I'm going to come down And chat to them And talk to them And stuff like that And he was like I'll never forget it He was like There's people you remember In your life He was like I'll never ever forget Pete Foy How Aww. fucking nice is that Pete's gent They should canonise Pete Canonise Pete Canonize it's Pete the sainthood But you know what else About Columbine Go on Columbine was not meant To be a school shooting Ooh. Columbine was meant To be a bomb so they were trying to do, to do it. They did it on the anniversary of um, um, uh, Timothy McVeigh when he blew up that uh, place in Oklahoma. Yeah. Oklahoma bombing. So they wanted to recreate the Oklahoma bombing, but in Columbine in the school. So they set up tons of bombs around, but obviously because they're children and didn't know how to make bombs, they didn't go off. So then they were like, well, because they wanted to kill Hundreds, So they didn't go off. The bombs didn't go off. One went off, but it kind of went and fizzled. The rest of them just didn't work. Because the kids. not know what the fuck they're doing. So that's when they went in with the machine guns. So the, machi- the people believe the machine guns were actually just to like kill themselves. And kill themselves and pick off any people that would have been left over from the bomb. So people that, ki- all these kids that came afterwards that were like, you know, copying the Columbine shooting. He was like, it's so fucked up. Bomb would have been fucked up anyway, regardless. But he was like, these kids weren't trying to do a school shooting. They were trying to blow the school up. Anyway, the world's nightmare. Woo, woo, woo. Woo. There's some depressing shit for your what days go go up Wednesday. Wednesday.
1: Uh, thanks very much for Do you remember Oprah did a thing on the Columbine? Yes. I remember that. I remember, I remember that like, vividly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember the Michael Moore documentary.
0: Yeah, bullying for Columbine. A lot of the stuff in that as well was very incorrect. Yeah, but well, Michael Moore doesn't give a fuck about no, facts, no. Emma. And it's funny that's not his special. <laughs> that's not what he specializes in. <laughs> and it's funny because even the other big Marilyn Manson part and that. Yeah. Um, they didn't even listen to Marilyn Manson. Like it's. The amount of shit that was made up, and apparently, like, America turned on the two guys' families. Yeah, of course it like, is. Like, just turned on them, and people were like, they haven't done anything wrong. Like, they actually were really good parents who loved their kids. Their kids were just really fucked up. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. What did Marilyn Manson and Britney Spears
1: were in that documentary?
0: Well, I, was, I can't remember why Britney Spears was in it. She was like, mm, it's just awful. I pray for Jesus. I pray, Jesus. Pray um, for but yeah, it's crazy. If you want to read, it's just, it's, I, I think the podcast that I was telling Sarah about, I think you've listened to one of your episodes, have you? What? Well, you're wrong about? No, I haven't. Okay, you're wrong about I've it. I've been listening to the Blind Boy podcast. Ah, you're wrong about it as a, doc, a podcast. Basically, they take very uh, infamous things in pop culture, things that we think we know everything about, and, we and don't. they take it and they break it down and <gasps> they're like, this is not what I can't you, thought wait. you know, but this is not what you know, and it's fascinating it's michael hobbs who now who actually left that podcast to go and do maintenance maintenance phase phase. and he's still fantastic in that as well he is oh my god he is so good we could be that good if we had time um do you have any housekeeping because we're definitely not recording two episodes on monday
1: housekeeping happened in the last week uh,
0: No not Two not weeks
1: happened. I mean <laughs> Thanks very much And uh, No nothing's <laughs> not happened uh, My boyfriend
0: is coming to Ireland this week Next week Ooh, Last week, he last already was week. He's, he's already, here. already here He's here right now No he's gone <laughs>
1: He was here and went. He was here and we had a great time. We had a great time, we ate lots of food. Lots of food. Had a roaring fight in the middle of the street. No you didn't. I said, go oh, back to
0: Brazil!
1: Have you ever had a fight with, with no. anybody Not out in true. public? No, never. I had a fight with my mother once out in public. I know you did, yeah. But you know what? Yeah. Fully deserved. And I was like I just went to her Don't
2: follow ME! Oh, I'm
1: sorry, fully deserved. Don't follow me. You were right, you were correct, you should have done it. I would no, I probably would have done it, I would have And just I was like, if I go into labour here <laughs> and I give birth to <laughs> this child. <laughs> in Spain when I tell you I'm going to kill you
0: you'll be a little Spanish baby hey it's a little Spanish a baby a Spanish Barcelona it's okay no one from Spain listens to this it's okay Barcelona I went on my gap year to Barcelona Um, You've got a
1: story to tell I have a
0: story to tell lads Let me tell you I have a story to tell Hey Colin, tell us about the Patreon
2: Sure thing, Lily Pops. Hey there, MMI fans It's me, Colin And do I have news for you It's all going down over at www.patreon.com forward slash murdermostirish where we've totally revamped our Patreon offering for you mega fans that's right, now all of your favourite Patreon stuff can be found in one place as we bring you our MMI Super Show, exclusively for Patreon, featuring all the usual banter and chat between Emma and Sarah Jane, plus me thrown into the bargain, along with Lily's Tales, Maximilian's Bell Bag, and some surprises along the way. But that's not all. Every single week, due to popular demand, we will be bringing you a full-length story, whether it be Miscellaneous Most Irish for those cases that just don't fit on the main show, Murder Most... International for those cases you guys have been crying out for or even Music Most Awesome where we talk about our favorite albums but wait there's even more how about MMI Drive the fan favorite podcast show where Emma and Sarah Jane drive around Dublin talking about all sorts of shite plus our monthly ask me our segment where you get to pick the brains of the girls and maybe even ask me a question or two so what are you waiting for come on over to www.patreon.com for- Forward slash murder most Irish and join in the fun for only six euros a month.
0: Give my mammy six euros. Okay, so my information is from the Irish Times, independent.ie, the free library.com. McGill. McGill. <laughs> she got it where else oh my god there's so many irish times articles i will put up all the irish times ind- articles independent podtail.com which is the mens episode 79 i started this was halfway through and realized there's a mens episode and my favorite thing about mens is their structure of their episodes is so good so thank you very much to sinéad because i structured my episode a little bit better because of her so she's very good she's amazing so thank you very very much On the 25th of February, 1997, the McCarthy brothers made their way to a field close to the Mono Industrial Estate in Tralee County, Kerry. Oh, Kerry. Kerry We haven't had a story in Kerry. We're going to Kerry. The two kept horses and were going about their daily schedule of of feeding and tending to them. So at 10.30 a.m., the brothers entered the field and saw what they thought was a large black refuse sack laying in the middle of the green. It wouldn't be unusual for people to dump rubbish in that area and as they approached to clean it up, they suddenly realised it was not a black refuse sack but instead a boy wearing a black jacket and jeans. Oh, and like a little boy? 16. Oh my God. They also noticed a large pipe laying beside him. When the men called out, the boy did not move. With panic, the two men realised the boy was not, not breathing and they rang to call the guardie. The body they found was that of James Healy. He was only 16 years old. 16? He was a kid, yep. Yeah. So James Healy was the second oldest of four children and he was born in Tralee, County Kerry. He lived with his parents James and Kathleen and his two brothers in, and one sister in Shanachill estate in County Kerry. So James was a trainee at a false community center mere minutes from where his body was found. So the Foss community center was like an industrial estate like Yeah we have yeah. It. It's a community center and then there was a big field and then there was like, you know, so um James was described as very quiet by locals in the area and he tended to keep to himself. He was, however, known to the Gardaí having two criminal convictions, both of which were linked to James being a, quote, lookout for criminals in Tralee who carried out burglaries. So. Yeah, 16 and on Foss is not a great start. 16 and two criminal convictions at the age of 16.
1: Yeah, like, uh, not against people who are no, on Foss. of course but not. But generally you get people that have dropped out of school. Yeah, that had like, dropped out of school, yeah.
0: yeah. So James's death was immediately considered a murder. The young boy's injuries were horrific and his face was barely recognisable due to the amount of blunt force trauma inflicted upon him.
1: Is that the metal bar?
0: Yeah, wait, you hear with they did to me. Guardy cordoned off the area and state pathologist professor, professor John Harbison was called to the scene. You yeah. know, it's really weird. Yeah. So in Tralee at the time, there was a lot of the media criticised this because James's body was left overnight for like 24 hours before John Harbison could come there. Because they had um, a pathologist in Tralee, but she had retired a year earlier. So they didn't have anybody that could come. So they were waiting for him for 24 hours. Oh, that's really common. Hours. But the media were going crazy because they were like, this boy's body was lying out for 24 hours. But we've had stories like this yeah. before where the guards had to stand over the body the for 24 hours. guards stand over the yeah. body for 24 hours. That's not uncommon now. Not There's uncommon a, We only have one thing. catologist. Yeah. 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 So as news of the mm. body that was found spread throughout the town, families panicked and tried to figure out who it may be as the guardies still had not identified the body Due to the damage inflicted, Oh here. So, that poor family. Yeah. So Kathleen Healy is James's mother. Became very quote very concerned when she heard the news, as James still had not returned on the night he told her he would. So he went out partying on a Friday night. This is on Sunday. Was meant to come home. Hadn't come home. So James not returning home was not unusual, but Kathleen said she knew that something was wrong. Also, what the fuck is a 16-year-old doing?
1: Out still on a Sunday and being like, that's normal.
0: She said, quote, I was very concerned because James hadn't been home. I just put on my coat and went down the road. So upon approaching the guardie at the scene, she told them, quote, I explained about my son being missing and I was very concerned that there had been a body found. So she was basically putting two and two together. The guardie told her that they had not identified the body. Kathleen walked home as her son lay dead in the field. (sighs) Oh God! So she'd gone down and been like I think that might be my son and they were like we don't know who it is and she just went home Oh Jesus Fucking horrible So the Gardaí did sorry I did eventually identify the body as 16 year old James Healy and began an immediate murder investigation They carried out door to door questioning as well as speaking to some of the criminals in the local area known to the Gardaí They believed that James's murder may be linked to some of the people James had been a lookout for So they were trying to be like maybe he fucked up maybe he ratted something Mm. happened So on the 26th of February, a post-mortem was carried out in James in Tralee General Hospital by John Harbison. This is really graphic. Just, if you don't want to hear anything gory, please skip. So this is from the Irish Times. 13 of James's teeth had been knocked out. Oh my God. Pieces of his jaw were dislodged and laying on the ground beside him. Jesus! And he had over 20 head injuries. This is... Three and a half of Mr. Healy teeth, Mr. Healy's teeth were later found lodged in his windpipe and lungs. So he swallowed his own teeth. Professor Harbison said he believed the teeth were inhaled, causing suffocation. Cause of death was a result of suffocation, head injuries and shock. So he choked death on his own teeth. What on earth? Mm-hmm. That's how he died. 16 years old. How do you mean it's violent towards any living thing? insane. So James was buried on Saturday like, the 1st. Like, I, I know when I'm reading it, I'm like... I've been angry before but you know when you that's like beyond like I think I think a person like that I think their brain just shuts I did, off Like if I hit Graham in it, like I'm messing and yeah.
1: I'm like jeez I'm you like, hurt me, I you're I like oh, Yeah, yeah 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 I anyway, usually I'm like stop being a bitch No but like, but like it's it a thing, thing of you, like
0: oh my god like yeah. I just and it would be an immediate like, like and to beat someone so bad that they choke to death on their own like teeth like that other girl remember you covered Yeah She, she choked on her sure own remember. Yeah on her own blood and teeth James was buried on Saturday the 1st of March in St. Brendan's Church in Tralee A large crowd gathered to pay their respects as James's classmates performed a guard of honour from Foss, the guys from Foss. So in his homily, Father Dan Kniff, we have done another story where this priest had to give a eulogy for a dead person. And I'm going to find it because I can't remember right now, but I'll put it in the show notes. But this is not his first murder that he's had to... Okay, you know, said that James's death had served to remind people of, quote, the horrific and tragic loss of life that had taken place. He said the presence of such a large congregation speaks eloquently of the abhorrence people felt regarding criminal activities. James's death was something that would never be forgotten and was a stark reminder of the sacredness of human life and the deep appreciation that people should have for it. End quote. So James's death was the fourth violent murder to occur in Tralee within a year four people three other people murdered and the Guardi were quick to dismiss any allegations of James's murder being linked to drug activities so they were like immediately they were like this kid has nothing to do with drugs he's not dealing drugs this has nothing to do with drugs because people were immediately like yeah it's drugs um, their initial line of investigation led, to, led towards what they believed to be a row between rival teenagers and Tralee this
1: they sounds were wrong. way
0: more violent they were wrong The guardie asked for anyone who had seen James or was meant to meet up with him on the Friday to come forward, expressing that any information given will be met with the utmost confidentiality. So they were like, it doesn't matter what you were doing in the field. We don't care what you were doing. Come forward and talk to us. We're not going to interrogate you about what you were doing. What if I murdered somebody in the field? Well, people will go there and have sex. Oh. so they were like anybody who in the field in the field
1: yeah, of course. And this is regular yeah like they knew people would so go to the field the Gardie were like if there's
0: any um, canoodling couples was the term he used so on the 22nd of March James Healy's family received word of a potential suspect for their son's murder Michael yeah this man's nickname is Michael John the Bob's O'Brien John the Bob's that is that man's nickname John the Bob's O'Brien yeah as he was known in the area, was arrested for the murder of James Healy. Michael, who was 25 at the time, lived beside the gallows field where James was found. So like rips right beside it. He was charged, remanded in custody and denied bail. O'Brien was denied bail for over a year. Oh. And he remained in jail with the Gardaí stating that he was dangerous and people in the area were afraid of him. Some had couldn't forward to tell the guardie that threats had been placed on their lives if they were to speak about O'Brien. And the not being released from jail would be safer for everyone involved. So usually a judge would not agree with this. Yeah. But in this instance, he did and they left him in jail. Yeah. Because then people were like, he's got, if you let him out, he's going to kill me. Yeah. So O'Brien also had 20 previous convictions from burglary to assault to grievous bodily harm. Oh, God. He also had a conviction of assault that was carried out with a pole that O'Brien had fashioned himself. So he made this poll, he got a poll and he put like nails in it. Oh, for fuck's sake. And, like barbed wire, like went all fucking Mad Max and created this poll and was like, oh, yeah. So when they heard that, they were like, oh, oh, mm. oh. So on the 9th, 9th of November, 1988, O'Brien's trial, 1998, O'Brien's trial began presided by Justice Dermot Kinlan. So I just want to say, you know, when you hear stories about, um, Crazy people getting up and ruining their own trial. Yeah. Yeah. The John the Bobs. Do John this? the Bobs. Shut the fuck up, John the Bobs. John
1: Bobs' name suited him.
0: John the Bobs. John the what Bobs? What John the Bobs mean? But, like, it's the same where I'm from. Like, there used to be a man that lived beside me, and everybody called him the chicken. And I was like, why'd you call him the chicken? And nobody knew. <laughs> there was no reason for it. Just he f- fucked a chicken. Or he did fuck a chicken at some point as well. So, and there was another one that called the chicken. We child. Have found
1: it in, in Bayer called the Rasher. Rasher. You've told me that before. And yeah. I, I don't know why we call him <laughs> Rasher. It's just
0: stuck. A guy called Mimo, Because of the ambulance thing? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, don't be
1: Mimo Froggy. Froggy. Froggy like is frog.
0: not... Spud is always used along Fishy.
1: People love spud. it a, a guy called Fishy that I know. Fishy. He look, kind of looks like fish. He
0: looks thing. Yeah. Um, so, the jury were told that Michael did know James. So, they did actually know each other. And the two had drunk cider together around the time. Now, bear in mind... Michael O'Brien is 25 and, and James is 16. is 16. O'Brien spent a lot of time with teenagers in the area and his main social group were 14 to 17 years
1: You old. know, that's normal for
0: psychopaths. But Dr. Harbison took the sand and told the court and told the court that James had been hit so hard and so violently. As I mentioned, 13 of his teeth have been dislodged. Three of these were found in his pipe along with blood and a piece of bone and that's what choked him to death. So when he his own him, jaw was came, a, dislodged. came dislodged and his teeth choked him to death. There was also severe bruising of the ba- brain as well as an extensive amount of brain damage due to the shards of his skull penetrating his brain. So he hit him so hard that his, brain, his skull shattered and penetrated his brain. Like over and over again? Over and over this and over again. This is so again. violent. It's so violent. Toxicology reports showed alcohol in James's system but no drugs. Nothing else. When asked if he believed the pipe found at the scene was used to cause James's indis- inj- injuries and death, Dr. Harbison concurred, stating that, quote, the injuries suffered were made by a unique object and that the weapon was the one used. So he was like, it's the way the injuries happened. And so the happened. way
1: this pole, was that pole like
0: fashioned, like the way yeah, yeah, this yeah. guy had made? Yeah, so okay. it was like whatever he had done, it was like a, some sort of pole from like an electrical thing um, and he had like sharpened it. And put things in it. Yeah, and beaten it out with it. To do like more damage. Yeah. This guy's a fucking psycho. Timothy Ward took the stance, so this was the first witness, and told the jury that on the Friday night, him and James and some friends were, quote, effectively having a party. <laughs> I
1: love the way said you say
0: effectively? <laughs> effectively having a party. That sounds like something i say more. Yeah, Timothy, 18 at the time, told the court they had drank alcohol and listened to music. The group would normally meet up in the area of Tralee, known as the Dyke, or hang out in a basketball court. Like teenagers do. Yeah. He told the court that James was going to attend a boxing tournament the next day with him, but he didn't turn up. The last time Timothy saw James was on that Friday night. So James had said to him, we're going to go to a boxing tournament tomorrow. Do you want to come? Do you want to come? Didn't he was up. like, yeah, I will. And then didn't, didn't show up. Darren O'Shea was next to be called to the stand. Darren told the court that on St. Patrick's Day, he had been drinking with some friends and Michael O'Brien happened to be there. He was talking to Michael and asked him if he had any idea who murdered James. Michael allegedly replied, quote, between you and me, deputy, I killed James. What? And told Darren not to tell anyone. O'Brien told O'Shea that he and James had been out drinking and gotten into an argument. James had left, but O'Brien followed him and beat him over the head. So this was like a month after James died, they were out drinking and Michael was like, yeah, I killed him. Oh my God. And then was like, don't tell anybody. And that kid was like, okay, because you will kill me. Darren said he was completely shocked and did not know whether to believe Michael or not. When asked why he decided to go to Gardy with this information, he replied, quote, because my best friend was after getting killed. So James was his best friend.
1: Oh,
0: O'Brien's solicitor... Blaze O'Carroll. We're back with Blaze. Blaze for days. Blaze for days. Blaze for days. The name of this episode. <laughs> I'm calling it. Okay. Cross-examined Darren and asked this if he's fucking idiot. He's a, do- a douche. If he had quote concocted this dazzling piece of information in or in order to improve his relationship with the guardy after being in trouble before. So he was like, "Are you just making this up so the guardy will like you and you'll get away with things?" And he was like, "I'm only saying what I was told." So Doc Blaze was trying to Blaze was trying to make this entire thing that the How does were, live up himself were the guardie were conspiring against Michael and then all these little kids that he was hanging kids, by the way, that he was hanging around with the guardie were like, if you uh, tell us that about him, we'll let you away with stuff. And the kid was like, I'm only telling you what I was told. So when aunt of O'Brien's next was to take the stand, so Michael's aunt, Bernadette O'Brien told the court that her nephew asked to wash some clothes in her house in the weekend as they were, quote, in a state, i.e., covered in blood. When asked if Michael had told her that James Healy had fallen off a roof and bashed his head in, Bernadette said he did say that. So, Michael was going around telling people that James Healy had fallen off a roof and bashed his head in and was dead. Before anybody had even identified That James Healy was the person in the, in the field Oh god So he's going around telling his family Telling his friends Washing his clothes Washing his clothes And being like it's James Healy's daddy He fell off a roof He's in the field He bashed his head in And people are like Who the fuck is in the field we didn't, And how did he fall off a roof Like how did he fall off a roof Why is he in the field and and how, how do, do you, you know this So a cousin of O'Brien's, Sabrina, told the court that when she asked Michael if he knew if James Healy had been found yet after going missing, because remember, they were like, yeah, somebody's dead in a field. James Healy is missing. Is this connected? O'Brien replied, quote, he's probably in a field across from Foss with a bar across him and his face bashed in. He said this to his cousin. His cousin took the stand and was like, he did say that. Oh, my God. On the fifth day of the trial, Michael O'Brien's sister, Linda, recalled James Healy's father arriving at their house to inquire if Michael knew where James was. Mr. Healy was told no, but after he left, Michael said to Linda that James was in a field with a bar over him with his head bashed in. Linda told the court that at the time she believed Michael was being sarcastic and making a joke. Brilliant. It's Larry's joke. Larry's joke, Linda. So, James O'Dowd was called to the stand and he told court that he had seen James Healy and O'Brien together on the night in question. Although he had given statements to the Gardaí that he had actually seen James with someone else and not with O'Brien, he told the court that his final statement to the Gardaí was true. So, he gave three statements. Okay. First one being like, I didn't see him. The second one being, I saw him with somebody else. And then the third one being, I saw him with Michael. Okay. That he was 100% sure O'Brien and Healy were together.
1: And why did he give so many statements? When
0: cross-examined by blaze, as to why so many untrue statements, O'Dowd said, quote, I know the reputation of Mr. O'Brien. I've seen the damage he's done to other people and I didn't want to be involved. Blaise O'Carroll called O'Dowd a liar and a, quote, untrustworthy witness. Brilliant. <laughs> Michael O'Brien's father was then called to the stand. He told the court that his son may have said that James Healy had fallen off a roof and was lying in a field with his head bashed in. Mr. O'Brien claimed that his son would regularly make up stories, quote, he was always speculating in the things he said. He imagines a lot of things and you wouldn't believe them. If there was a crime in the town, he'd pick out the guys who did it. You just don't take much notice. Maybe you should have been taking notice. Also, when I tell you what he's done to his family, that's oh, bullshit. Okay. All right. Michael's mother took the stand and denied she ever told the Guardie that her son said James could be found in a field with his head bashed in. Oh, okay. She gave a statement she to the Guardian. It's never happened. They read it back to her, she signed it, and then when she went to court, she was like, I didn't say any of that. All right, brilliant. When asked if the Gardaí read her statement back to her at the time, Bridget O'Brien said yes and that she had signed it. Did she say what? She said it was misconstrued. She never said that. Oh, OK. Bridget then agreed. Sorry, Bridget agreed that she had asked Michael if he killed James and he told her no. She also said her son was, quote, not like my other son at all. He's got a psychiatric problem. He's a bit slow. Brilliant. Bridget. So on December 9th, Garden Martin Nolan spoke to the court. He said that on February 27th, Michael O'Brien had visited the guard station and told them that one of his staff had been killed. What? So this guy is, he calls all those kids his deputies. And he's like the gang runner. So it's almost like Lord of the Flies where he's like oh, okay. the big guy and all these kids are running around. So he calls the members of his staff. So he's like a member of my staff, dead. <laughs> okay, John the Bobs. He was talking about James Healy. He said that upon James' death, he was 60 yards away and that two others had killed James. He said he did not know the men. O'Brien then asked the guardie present if James Healy had been found in the field and if an iron bar had also been found with oh, him. Oh, okay. This guy's a dumbass. So he kept going to the guards, guards and then wondered why he got arrested. So Amanda O'Brien, another cousin of Michael's, told the court that she had had a conversation with Paddy Coffey and he believed that he... Michael and another man were getting the blame for James's death Miss O'Brien asked him who the other man was and he said he had gone on the run but the so now, it was so now it wasn't just Michael they believe that it was Michael this guy Paddy Coffey and another mystery man who went on the run oh okay Amanda said she was so scared of Coffee, especially after he allegedly told her that James quote wouldn't have got beaten if he'd done what he's told you don't know the full story so now his some of his family are being like, yeah, he said this and other members of his family are making this a lot worse for him because they're making shit up. Yeah. So when Paddy Coffey was cross examined by the court, sorry, he told court that James Healy had stolen five pounds from his sister. And that is what his remarks were about. He stole five pounds. Be- he got beaten. Oh okay. No, he was beaten to death with a pole. Yeah. She agreed, he did say those things, but denied, he agreed he did say those things, but denied any other statements Amanda made about him. So he's like, I did say, yeah, he just got it beaten, but it's only because he stole money off my sister. So they're all lying. They're all lying. All of them. And it's not helping this guy's case. In no. any capacity. His friends and cousins and everything are lying about him. Also, how many family members does this person have? So it's a This is... Sergeant John Murray, told the court that he came upon Michael O'Brien in the early hours of the morning, weeks after James Healy's death. So he was just walking around the village. Michael told him he hadn't slept for 24 hours and he did look exhausted. He told Murray, he quote, they all think I killed that young fella. A few people have said it to me. The guards have questioned me, but I will be ready for them. People think Paddy Coffey was with me. I know who killed him. It was a I blanked out the name. He had gloves. Where are they? So he was obviously insane. He's obviously insane. Yeah. Eric Healy, a local man, told the court that he had spoken to Michael O'Brien on the day of James's body had been discovered and O'Brien told him it was James up in the field with his head smashed in. So he was going around to people in the town. Telling them who it was. Telling them who it was when the guards hadn't even told idea who it was and how he had died and what was wrong with him. Mary Clark, a psychiatrist from Tralee who had assessed Michael, told the court she believed Michael O'Brien was not suffering from a mental illness. She had first spoken to Michael in 1988 after he assaulted someone and then self-harmed, self-harmed in his jail cell. Now, when they say self-harmed, he tried to kill himself. He slid his own throat. Okay. So, slid, on slid, throat. His, slid his own throat, yeah. Miss Clark said O'Brien was highly organised and very self-aware, which he was. He had all these little groups of kids running around doing his beck and call for him. He was able to lead gangs, organise burglaries and collect his social welfare every week. She diagnosed him with antisocial personality disorder. Please bear in mind, this is in 1998 and a lot of shit has changed in the 1988. 1998. She met him in 1988. Oh, okay. This happened in 1997, 1998. So just bear in mind, a lot of this, we have moved on from mental health stigma and stuff and people have changed their mind about things so mm. just I'm only quoting what they said so um, da, 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 she diagnosed him with an antisocial personality disorder she said it is a disorder where an individual causes harm to himself or others shows no remorse does not learn from experience and wants their needs met there and then the man O'Brien, I have to. <laughs> this man O'Brien was not easy to assess in that he says he lies to the doctors for the crack so he knew what he was doing okay He's fully aware of what he's doing, but he likes to play act. Yeah. Basically. She did say that O'Brien was, quote, within the range of normal intelligence, but had low to average intelligence. So he wasn't unaware. He
1: wasn't slow. He wasn't educated. He just wasn't educated. That's all it was. And he chose not to be. Yeah.
0: Clark also outlined some of the behaviours in his home. So remember, his dad was like, oh, he just makes things up. He's harmless. He had broken windows, broken up the house, as well as telling his parents he was going to decapitate them. So, what? why are his parents lying for him? Like, at one point, he came to their house with a chainsaw and cut their front door down. Sorry? Yeah. And they're like, I just make stuff up. No, your, your son should be in jail.
1: Yeah. He should be in a Or getting situation.
0: help. Detective Sergeant Brennan told the court that Michael O'Brien, he kept coming to the guard station and handing them notes. Oh, okay. In which he wrote that he had seen two men beating James Healy to death. Oh, so he okay. kept giving them little notes. He said, quote, I saw James Healy being beaten. I was passing the main road by Foss when I heard something, maybe a fight or something. I'll draw a map for you, which he did. Oh, okay, brilliant. I couldn't see that well from the main road, so I cycled towards the boatyard. I heard a lot of shouting and roaring. I had a fair idea it was James Healy being beaten. I said to myself, I better get out of here or I'll get the same death. I didn't think James was dead, you see. That's why I said nothing. But then he was going around telling everybody. Telling everybody was (laughs)
1: dead. Like falling off a roof.
0: O'Brien had in the, the middle of the field yeah, with his head bashed in O'Brien had then given them a few different statements a few days later saying that he had given James quote a few good belts with the bar so oh, okay. initially he was like I didn't do it I know who did do it and then he was like I didn't I, but I didn't mean to kill him I just gave him a few belts with the bar he said he had done this because James was using drugs in the forms of, form of pills
1: but he had no drugs yeah. Michael said report. he did
0: not mind James smoking hash but quote using tablets and all they fuck up the brain so he was like white knighting. Oh, okay. He's like, I beat him over the head with a pole to stop him doing pills. Okay. Also, why is that your business? It's a legitimate form of help. He also told the guardie that James was associating with drug barons. Quote, he had no
1: drugs not a single drug in his
0: his Not a single drug in his body. Quote, I gave him a few belts with the bar and left it on the body in the field where you found him. I know I killed him, but I only wanted to teach him a lesson. So he's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The court was shown an eight-page letter O'Brien had sent to the Garda after he was arrested. He said that everything he told the Garda was lies; that he had done nothing wrong, and he had nothing to fear. Oh, okay. So on January eighteenth, Michael O'Brien took the stand.
1: <gasps> they let him take the stand. Let, let, let him take the stand. Let him
0: take the stand. <laughs> <You fucking laughs> he, blaze. Told, he told the jury that he'd gone to the Garda station. But the guard had told them that two other men had killed James Healy. Oh, OK. Quote, the guards told me these two men must have killed James. And so that's what's in there. What's in there isn't correct. I wasn't even there. The guards told me it was the boys that killed James Healy and I would be a star witness. Brilliant. I just went to the barracks to clarify matters that they committed the murder. They committed the crime. They should be in the courtroom, not me. I never seen them coming out of that field. That's what the guards wanted me to say. I was downtown that night till the early hours. Even though he wasn't. I know he doesn't have an alibi. Oh, OK. And all the lads that were with him were like, he left. He left. He left. Yeah. He also stated that he did not read back the statement the guardie had given to him. So you, know, you write out the statement. And, and then they give it back. back
1: yeah, to, yeah no, I had to do that for the... Yeah. Uh, and they read yeah. it. They read it back, read it back to you.
0: and you sign it. Yeah. And uh, when he had signed it, the guardie had forced him to say certain things. O'Brien told the court that the guardie were, quote, misleading them. He said that the guardie were conspiring to frame him. He said that everyone who spoke against him was lying and that he was nowhere near the field that night. He also told the court that he'd been carrying out his own detective work. brilliant, And had a list of 10 people that he believed could have murdered James. This man is something else. Michael also told the solicitor for the state, Mr. John Edwards, that they had crossed swords before because he'd been in trouble loads of times and that Edwards had come out second best on that occasion and will come out second best on this occasion Brilliant. too. Said that to the fucking state lawyer. An arrogant dickhead psychopath. His parting words were, quote, I will be king of this country when this is over and I am free. <laughs> so, Blaze, uh, on his closing statement. Blaze! <laughs> Uh, compared Michael to the Birmingham Six. Sorry? <laughs> <laughs> compared him to the Birmingham Six. You he told said, me the story <laughs> was boring. I thought it was not boring. I don't know, I thought it was boring. The uh, Birmingham Six. Yeah, he said that they believed the same conspiracy that was used, the same type of conspiracy that was used against the Birmingham Six was being used against his client. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Blaze is, is something else. Blaze is up there going, so you're saying this because you want the guards to like you and they were like no we're shitting ourselves yeah <laughs> like we're terrified I mean I don't know I, he definitely did it like I don't have a doubt in my mind that he did it but obviously you know the guards aren't the fucking most reliable people on the planet either like I'm sure they did like there was a part where apparently the guards got on the stand and they said when they, show, when they were interviewing him they showed him the pole that was used that he kind of flinched back and he was really upset about it and then he said that the guard he put the pole into his face and were like you did this I believe that
1: yeah, yeah, I believe that
0: happened no, I'm not going to lie if I was a guard I'd do that <laughs> Don't ever be a guard no, I know but I know I'm not the right person to be a That's guard That's the thing I think being super hyper aware of the fact that you shouldn't do a certain job is really especially when like this yeah. is really important
1: I'm emotionally motivated Yeah yeah yeah
0: Like, you I'd know? be like fucking
1: fess up you stupid <laughs> You did it. it We know you did it Turn that camera off <laughs> like. Spray painting the camera
0: <laughs> So on the 29th of July Sorry. Nope. On the 29th of January, the jury returned their verdict. And said guilty. They found Michael O'Brien guilty of the murder of James Healy. As the verdict was read out, Michael O'Brien's sister burst into tears and cried out, he's innocent after going on stand about a day later, telling people that he definitely said to her that James Healy was in the field with his brain bashed in. Girl, come on.
1: Girl. Like... After he uh, chainsawed your man front from door open. Front door, front, open, door down, down so and he then was like, cap- put their him. heads off. I'm going to decapitate the two of Broken
0: the windows. And then was like, I tell tales. He's just telling tales. Right. tales. He's just telling tales. just telling tales. But how many parents do you hear that where like, oh, he's like, I'll talk all of you? Know? So O'Brien himself shouted out, This is a miscarriage of justice. Oh! O'Brien was sentenced to life in prison as he was, quote, such a danger to society. And there was a strong me- recommendation that he was to be detend- detained at the Central Mental Hospital in Dundrum. Now, he wasn't. Oh, OK. As Justice Kinlan read out the verdict, O'Brien spoke over him loudly, saying he would apply to the Court of Criminal Appeal. So he didn't go down quietly. He was, like, shouting and roaring and stuff. So Justice Kinlan described O'Brien as a man with a personality disorder, but not a mental illness. Now, that's incorrect. No, because both are the same thing. Yeah, like... People were I think that what they were Trying to say It was like He's not And you can't choose A personality disorder think, yeah, It's a mental, it's health, a mental issue. health issue I think what they meant Is that they were like You're fully culpable. You for know, what he's you've a, done He's a personality disorder You know what you've but done But he's not Criminally insane no. That's what they But they were like You don't have a mental illness I'm
1: Yeah like, He does he have does. a mental But
0: it's just obviously The, the wording thing to say of Is that, to say you don't, you know, you're not Criminally, criminally insane, insane. He said O'Brien had great created gangs with 13, 14 and 15 year olds. That's like me, I just wander around Ballyferment with gangs, and gangs his, with teenagers. Who were his deputies and they engaged in various criminal activities, which is true. That's what he did. So, quote, because of the... the, the, because of the, the quote, Are you drunk? Because of the disruption you caused to your own family, not least to your own parents, welfare workers, your GP and guardy, all tried to get you committed for psychiatric assessment in the long term and with a great deal of effort you might feel remorse um, and understanding of the nature of your condition it is tragedy that we do not have facilities where you might confront yourself and come to terms with your antisocial condition but you do not wish to cooperate so the judge was basically saying you don't want to change yeah you know
1: as Mr. Just like me when I'm eating crisps at two in the morning yeah That make you vomit I don't want to change But I really need
0: to Help me I just don't have the tools To get off the crisps So as Mr Justice Kinlan finished Michael called out This conviction is unsafe Oh Alright So on the 16th of July 2001 O'Brien attended an appeal court Of course Because they always appeal but it was quashed completely, and Michael O'Brien <gasps> remains in. Is he still in prison? He's still in prison. Yep, he's still not out. I couldn't really find anything else about him other than you know, I think his family actually left the area. Well, he would. He would, yeah. And uh, regardless of what happened, a sixteen-year-old was beaten. It doesn't to sound death. like
1: in any of that story that anybody cares about the fact that
0: a sixteen-year-old no, was beaten. To death. People were really like, and you know why that was? Because he was a because he, they were like, he, they were like he's not like a cause he he's trexing. not an actual human being he's just a little toe rag little yeah.
1: toe rag wearing That's a all they were like, but like a family have lost a 16 year old
0: kid That sh- he choked and he choked, choked his, choked his own teeth, teeth in his jaw like in a field two men go into their horses the next morning and found him like sick 16 years old that's a child yeah it doesn't sound like anybody really cares about that no and like the thing about it is as well like the fact that that's like you know
1: And sorry I'm getting off course but you know that woman that was shot very recently she was shot in I'm really sure I want to say Ballymun and she lived I don't think so what about her anyway like there's been no media coverage on her because it's almost as if she like the guards had to come out and like give a statement where they were like this woman has nothing to do with criminal activity there has been little to no media coverage oh, on it they just because presumed. they think that she deserved it because she's a mum of like a single mother living in Ballymont and you know what
0: else it is it's that thing where people are like just let them kill each other yeah he's 16 mm-hmm. this man do you know what it is it's the thought of it and also what broke my heart about that story is the fact that she asked the guards was and, then, son, walk and then walked on and her son was lying on the dead like yeah ground and then the they the, he was identified by the family only after the autopsy so that poor chap was like mangled and they yeah. had to go in and see that's the last sight they had of their of their, their son and their brother like but yeah uh you know at, there are parts of it that i was reading where i'm i i am not one to be like oh the guards are great because i know what those motherfuckers are up to so i do believe some of the things he said that the guards did where he was where, like yeah. they held that pole up to, they absolutely held that pole up yeah. to his face maybe they did force a lot of Some of what he was saying Just to get him to tell the truth But do I believe That he murdered that child Absolutely He 1000% did it But the language Surrounding cause all those articles Are from 1997 And mean, like The language surrounding Mental illness And mental health Is insane Because people were just So flippant about it Yeah You know And to be like Well he has He's got a, a personality disorder But he doesn't have a mental illness That's what the it one is one
1: in the same like, That's what it is He does have
0: a mental illness Like Because they were almost like If we say he has a mental illness He might get away with us that's what the mentality was Oh yeah um, Also Blaze is something else Blaze man We should just do a full Full uh, fucking thing about Blaze Yeah Blaze O'Carroll man Should think we could get him on? I don't think he likes very much we have been taking the piss out of him for two years I yeah. Remember I wanted to make a t-shirt of Yeah i <laughs> <laughs> just absolutely taking the piss out Have you ever seen him? Like he doesn't His name doesn't suit him <laughs> No I've seen When I see Blaze O'Carroll or Carl, I think like you know I would think like a man like this
1: Oh no see when I say Blaze O'Carroll <laughs> I think of um Will Farrell in Old School on his wedding photo. Yeah, okay, I get that. His wedding photo was I like, feel like-, <laughs> like just that, like vacant look. But That's he, when he, I think he of always O'Carroll. he
0: always has to defend these fucking scumbags. Right? Yeah, but he
1: does it in such a terrible yeah. way.
0: He's like, oh, but he's like, he's like, I'll bet my house that this man did knock and then compare to the Birmingham, Birmingham Six, Sixth. sir. This chap was fashioning poles from I'm day one. I'm out of this courthouse <laughs> as a free man. I'm going to be king. He said, I'm going to be king of this country. It's very, it was giving me Ted Bundy vibes the entire mm. thing. But yeah, just the whole thing was awful. And then, you know, these kids, people treat them as adults because they do criminal things. Yeah, but they're kids. They're kids. All this bravado is just masking fear mm. of this guy. Because that guy that was like I gave you different statements Because I'm fucking terrified of him Yeah Like people were, And then people were like Well there's nothing to be scared of He's cutting down his parents' front door it a, a chainsaw, and then saying he's going to decapitate them. Also, he murdered a sixteen-year-old boy. Murdered a si- and you, uh, and they all know he did it. Yeah,
1: and they, he beat him so badly that he's unrecognizable, yeah.
0: and he choked on his own teeth. Mm. And you know it's that thing as well where they say you, a, you can
1: hear people choking. By the way, it's horrific. you can hear people yeah, choking he on stood their own over blood. And watched
0: him die, like definitely. But you know the way they always say serial killers will return to the scene of the crime, yeah. or serial killers will they get like involved with the police one on one what he was doing yeah. notes to the barracks notes to the barracks being like hey uh, and then being like the guardie told me I was going the fact that Blazo O'Carroll said get up there now and say the guardie said I was going to be a star witness. witness but I also feel like he had trained Michael what to say and then Michael was like you know what I'm just going to tell that lawyer that we've crossed paths before and he didn't win and he's not going to win this time yeah. either and I am king of the country king of the country I'm sure Blaze is like oh for
1: the sake, <laughs> there goes my career Blades <laughs> Jesus Christ Blades make him About 20 quid a case
0: <laughs> Blades comes in And you don't see His tie is down here And his shirt's out And he just opens His case and the paper down. balls And oh, he's
1: like oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> He's sleeping in his car <laughs> Like
0: Honest to God His wife left him 20 it's years like, ago Like the Kids hate him He's like fucking Saul like <laughs> God, anyway, this is a horrific story of the death of a 16-year-old child that should not have happened. Not have happened. And also should have been treated with a lot more care and respect because they were just like, Mm. bye-bye. Away with you. Away with you because it's, because he was deemed as like, you know, and I'm sure people whose houses were burgled were probably like, fuck him. But at the same time, you have to look at the fact that that is a 16-year-old kid. That could have been your 16-year-old kid that that fucking psychopath started. And also they gave, because people were like, but why did he beat him over the head with a bar? So the main reason that people think... Sorry, I should have put this in. People think that this happened is because he and James, he said to James, we're going to burgle a shop. And James was like, I'm not doing it. And walked away from him. And he followed him.
1: Oh, So he was like, he was very much
0: like, you do what I say. I am the boss of this. Okay. And then James walked away and he followed him into the field and killed him. And killed him.
1: Mm Hmm. Which doesn't sound outlandish to me because this guy is clearly completely unhinged. No, sure. My brother was told that he had to... um he had oh, to sorry. help in the burglary of a pub. Remember you about because he that, owed yeah. money to a drug dealer. <laughs> but that's what they do. And it? he said, "I can't do that." And uh, the drug dealer came to our house with a gun. Sarah, that's fucking terrible. Yeah, and I like came sh- into my came into my, my parents' sitting room with a gun and was like, "If he if he doesn't do this, I'm gonna kill him. This is his death." Oh. And my parents were like. Well, we'll get the money. So my parents got the money and paid off his debt. But like that is that that's how these people act. What, and they
0: and they latch on to children. Yeah, my brother was kids. Because they want these kids my, in these my areas brother started to be like move like drugs when he was like 13, 14. Yeah, because it's like it's that thing where you know it's like, oh I'm a big I'm a big lad and I'm a big chap. They're not. No, They're the fucking children. Like the, and they especially, the, obviously that area in Trinidad is not a wealthy area. No. So the people that they're targeting are these kids in underprivileged areas who are like, I don't have anything. So maybe and I'm never going to have anything. I'm never going to have anything. So and I, and well I never amount do to this. anything yeah. because
1: the media has said that I'm just I'm a trash and garbage. in a tracksuit. And then um, um, I'm on a fast course that like, Rini isn't going to give me any form of life no. where I can go anywhere.
0: Um, And I'm only on this fast course so I can get the dole. Yep. Yeah. And so then when somebody comes along and is like hey do you want to make some extra money uh, and also you'll feel like a big important person and you're doing something in your life for once and you can feel good about yourself even though that thing is terrible they do it underneath that a child yeah a child and then underneath all of that is also like I'm just in fear of this other person terrified they were all ter- like the fact that he was kept in jail for a year without bail Yeah that tells you Because Everything. He, everybody was like Please do not release him Because he's going to kill us Yeah um, And he had been arrested For violent assaults Not like Like violent assaults And then that thing Where he made that pipe Yeah that's insane Like when I heard the pipe thing I was like I don't even care If this is like Circumstantial He did it Like yeah. You don't randomly Fashion pipes No For the crack And then beat people I'm Over like, the I'm fucking head with them makes it more- But also Where was the Fingerprint evidence there's questions I have about this case where I Googled and I tried to find, and even Sinead didn't mention it in her episode because I thought maybe, maybe Sinead might have found something. So there's no DNA find. evidence? No DNA evidence. There's no fingerprint evidence. And the only thing I will say is he was left overnight in, the field. in a field park. But not only was he left rain.
1: overnight, he was, he was killed on Friday night. He was killed on Friday night. He wasn't found s- until Sunday. Sunday. So and then he was uh, in the uh, state pathologist didn't come till Monday. Yeah.
0: He was in the elevator. And the uh,
1: people that were in there <laughs> feeding horses could have picked, like, they were at the pole. Yeah.
0: So all of that could so be contaminated. Have been contaminated, and also like when you're, it's like when you've heard cases of that boy that was a who hooligan, the cork boy, who was thrown into the thing, and they couldn't even get anything because he was in the elements, and it's in Ireland, in fucking uh, rural, rural Ireland, rural Ireland. With animals. Do you know what I mean? In like what yeah, you in have exposed, February, yeah, where it's exposed. pissing rain, it's freezing. So you've got rats, you've got foxes. Do you know what I mean? There's all that kind of side of it. So that was especially thing. where you've got horses, exactly, there's feet around. That's why I thought And then I was like I, That's why when I found Sinead had done it I was like I wonder Did she find anything About DNA or uh, You know Follicle evidence Any blood evidence There was nothing But then as you said You know And it was a month later as well He'd washed his clothes he, He'd yeah, been away from did everything. everything So he like But just the funniest part Of the whole thing It's not funny haha. Is he couldn't shut up he couldn't shut up No but sociopaths can't that's what, And it was just When I was listening to it I was like He definitely did this Because this is Textbook what they do Hey so did you see That guy's dead in the field Yeah His head is bashed in How do you know that yeah, He fell off, uh, the, he fell off, fell a, off roof, a roof But he's in the middle In a field In the middle of the field Like just And then he did his own Detective work. And there was a pole across him <sighs> The pole was lying on him That's what he kept saying The pole's on him So he put the pole Over his body So that's what he kept saying To people There's a pole on him How the fuck do you know that yeah. You fucking pick. Shut up That's insane Like But anyway You did a very good job I thought I thought, I was doing it today And I was like Sarah's gonna hate this
1: No No I don't know why I thought that It was, it was it's, a wor- it's a It's wor- a horrible story And I'm just
0: You know what else is We've talked about this before And you've said to me Because I didn't grow up In an area like this So I wasn't around A lot of like Drug culture And violent culture That wasn't a thing That where I grew up It's a tiny village none of that shit mm. So when you talk to me about it It's enlightened me a lot more To the circumstances that these children find themselves in and why they turn to these things yeah. as opposed to me going the little shits you kind of have to step back and go okay yeah they are little shits but why are they little shits yeah no you do, do you know what I mean? like, and
1: they are like that's the other thing is you can't remove the fact from the fact that, that they are little shits yeah. and you can't remove the fact that his mother was like it would be uncommon it wouldn't be uncommon com- for another. not to, come to come home. Home. Yeah. As a 16 year 16 years old 16 i'd be out like dragging lily in yeah. Exactly, like, but I like, get in the fucking house. The, I'll nail the door yeah, shut. Yeah. Um So there is that, but like at the same thing, when I, I grew up at that and I come from a home where like my parents the less we say about that the better. But like <laughs> definitely with Richie He was just a product of his area. There was... Like, Richie... And there were certain things because he was a boy that definitely I was not troubled with. Yes. So I didn't have to say... I didn't have to pay my dues to anybody. I didn't have to say hello to people. I didn't have to know people. Like, for him to get by in Farming, he had to to be like, hey, like, talk to people who were walking home with him or in school with him that weren't from a great family or were in this so that he didn't get the shit kicked out of him and that he didn't... Like, he wasn't picked on. And, like, being a boy ultimately because the toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. is more difficult and you get pushed into making more choices about, like, who you hang around with or who you interact with on the basis of, like, this will just make my life easier. Um, then I really think that it th- does affect girls. Like, girls yeah, like aren't they, they surrounded don't, by that, like, Yeah, they don't
0: hire girls to do this shit and they don't get girls involved in this shit. Uh, uh, they do, do, but not to the level that they do no. with young boys. Like, um,
1: and so even some of the stories with Richie, like, when I think about them, I'm, like, I'm always, like... Like, he laughs at them. Like, he thinks they're... He thinks... They're funny to a degree, but like... Is that trauma, do you think? A little bit, maybe? I don't even think he realises it's trauma. Yeah, so that's what it is. But like, there are just moments where I'm like... Like, he was once brought up to the mountains Mm -hmm. with like something put over his head and put into the back of a van. So he was kidnapped. Like, that's what happened. He was kidnapped. And uh, he said that he just knew that they weren't going to shoot him by the way they were speaking. But he was like, they had a gun and they were telling me they were going to shoot me.
0: Sarah, I fucking crap myself. Like i will be like I'm dead I'm yeah. dead immediately I'm dead um, but it is sad though that it is super sad but the other thing I meant is like
1: the people who are involved in this and the people that like Richie knows and the people that this poor kid was involved with they're not smart people so unfortunately in like that lifestyle things go wrong and shit gets lost and they've no and so what ends up happening is because they're not smart people and they aren't organised and they all have their shit together people get blamed for their mistakes yeah. and to blame people for their mistakes. It's violence. Yeah. is how they do it. Um, and Richie was blamed for someone else leaving drugs somewhere that so, like, so they were like, just that him. went, that were lost. And Richie was like pulled up and they were like, we know you like did it. And Richie was like, I don't even know what you're fucking talking about. Like, That's like no thing, I have no idea. Isn't it
0: like given, it's like, what story did we do recently about them giving a gun to like a 17 year old to shoot? Or that, uh, yeah, the, yeah. The guy in it was shot in Spain. Yeah, they gave a gun to a seventeen-year-old, 17 and we like, "Oh, shoot, this guy." Yeah, and that seventeen-year-old was like, and then when he did, when he didn't do it properly, then he's the problem, as yeah. opposed to them kind of going well, maybe we shouldn't have given a gun to a 17-year-old who mm. does not shoot people generally.
1: And even if we go back to the very beginning when I did the guinea pig, yeah, those two boys were killed because they were sent to Amsterdam because they had a drug debt. Yeah. And they were like 17 and I mean, 16. Kids. And they didn't know what they were doing. And then they got caught. And it was right. like, yeah, of course
0: they did because they're kids. They're children. like, And they don't have like MI5, MI6 <laughs> training. Like, like they're fucking children. Like that's like... You know, when I was 17, someone coming up to me and going, will you just be a drug meal? I mean, being like, okay, what do I do? Like, it's um, insane. But yeah, I do think being friends with you, I've become much more aware of how these things happen and how they come about. Because I think obviously from how I grew up, my ignorance would be very much like, but I don't know why, why would you do that? That's stupid. Why would you get involved in that? And then you realize that this...
1: Whole other thing is going on It's a whole on. other ecosystem yeah. Of like social construct It's crazy that Where it's like difference. this like social construct Of like this is how this area It lives This it's, is its, its yeah. local social justice yeah, This yeah. is its socio This is like This is literally an ecosystem of an area um, And it's built that way by design But it's also built that way Because like People from Ballyferment And people from that demographic Don't vote for current no. Like
0: but that's why they don't care about them. Government. The government don't care now, about them. Now, they
1: voted for Sinn Féin in their droves. Yeah. But the government, that's like... something the um, where they
0: say, like, why aren't they tackling the heroin problem in this country? Or why aren't they tackling the... Because m-
1: people who vote for Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael aren't affected by it. Because they don't build like no. drug rehabilitation centres no. and like Fox Rock exactly. and Black Rock yep. and Dundrum and like it, if you
0: sat and thought about this it would just make you so seemingly it makes me angry. super angry there's that amazing TD I apologise I do not know her name I think she might be TD or a she's you from you? Tala yes she went to Trinity College she's a single name. mother yeah and she speaks about drug rehabilitation yeah, she was the a, a drug addict her. she is phenomenal like And I honestly feel like Politicians are scared of her I really do Because they're like Oh shit we have somebody That's actually been in the trenches Now has this form of power And is trying to help And talking about it Mm. And calling us out in our bullshit But she needs to be amplified more Because she is Amazing Listening to her I'm like holy fuck And she's right Everything she's saying is right And as they say They're never going to tackle The problems in this country That affect the lower income areas because the lower income areas don't vote for them.
1: Oh. But yeah, it's sad, man. And I do want to tell a story that probably paints a picture really poorly at Ballyferma. Go on. But very recently, there was a really bad car accident near Graham's mom's house. Oh, no. So we have a real problem in Ballyferma with lads on scramblers. Oh, the, the yeah white thingies. Yeah. And like, sad. I'm going to say this, they're I fucking idiots and if you're buying your kids, Stop buying your kids scramblers, scramblers for Christmas. or quad bikes or any of that shit, they're going to die. Like, get a grip. But um this kid... On a scrambler, uninsured. Great. Drove headfirst into a car that was turning. Oh, shit. He had to be... And just by... He's very, very lucky. The guy... The car that he hit was a paramedic coming home from work. And what made me think of him was... See that? What you're telling about that guy choking on his yeah. own... He was choking on his own blood and choking on his own teeth. He had to be resuscitated. <sighs> twice. Um, they had to do the, like... What's that? The thing of life. or since, Oh, the... I can't remember what they're calling Anyway, him, yeah. so they resuscitated him with that, and the paramedic that he drove his bike, drove a scrambler into, saved his life. And um, but he was so badly damaged by the way he came off a scrambler that he was like in choking on his own blood. Fuck there was so much me. blood in his mouth. So that I think he gave him like a tracheotomy.
0: Like an Holy shit And if he had not been If that If he had ran his scrambler Into a non-paramedic run into me He would have been dead Dead Like I um, hate those scramblers so much You know when you wake up here And like since St. Stephen's Day You here know, here like, yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm gonna see a Facebook post In two days About your angel John Yeah your like, angel Angle My angle, John An angel He was a saint No he wasn't Stop buying your kids scramblers Please for the love of Christ Stop and it own up to
1: your bullshit Raise your kids Raise your kids man Anyway That's enough social justice We
0: are going to move on With our lives uh, I'm going to become a politician am going to become a politician I'm going to be like, What in, party will I join? i like in Veep I'm going to be the guy That carries your bag oh. I'm going to be that guy a Free abortions For everybody Everybody get an abortion um, That's all I have I don't have anything else Sorry for this bummer Of an episode I'm always doing child deaths Although I, I just am always doing child deaths I will move on From the child deaths Next time Do the Peru 2 I'll do the Peru 2 oh, Fuck I forgot about that I told you to I do it I know you did I that you said it now like I was like It's not your brain It's not like so you So many things are wrong with me You pregnant? Uh, no
1: Happy Christmas bye me stomach Before you go will you? Yeah sure Hold on Do one of those Jump in the air I can't Slow-mo. jump in the air <laughs> <laughs> Did
0: you think you're targeted you had to put me up On a ladder first <laughs> Okay everybody Have a lovely week Enjoy yourselves Be good Uh Happy Christmas uh, Happy Christmas And Bye Sexy crimes Sexy, sexy crimes sexy, crime, sexy Irish, Irish crimes crime, crime, Sexy
2: crimes sexy, crime, sexy Irish crimes crime, sexy, crime. crime. sexy crimes hey hey hey, 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 hey. Sexy crimes so underhanded with oh, all your big trees. If you even look my way, I'll chop off your Mickey. 65, 65, 65, 65, 65, 65, Sixty crimes, sexy crimes, crimes, most Irish, Irish, Irish most <gasps> Murder most bearish, murder most bearish, murder most bearish, eighty for whore cunts.